Check the program. 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 Welcome to Check the Program, a podcast by four sometimes journalists who saw a desperate need for arts coverage in the city and decided to do something about it. I'm Amanda Farrell Lowe. I'm Melanie Trump Hoover. I'm Sarah Petrescu. And special guest reviewer, Brianna Bach. And unfortunately, John Threlfall can't be with us today, but we do have some clips of him. He has some thoughts to share with us about our very special podcast edition. Yes, we're at the midway point of the Fringe, so we're doing a special uh, little mini roundup of everything we've experienced at the Fringe so far, the hits, the misses, the not quite misses, but maybe we're expecting a bit more, and then what's still to come, and what some of the big um, hot selling ticket shows are to, to keep your eyes up for and maybe get advanced tickets for. Before we launch in, we'll um, just acknowledge we're on the territory of the Lekwungen-speaking people, the Songhees and Esquimalt First Nations, and um, just want to recognize that we're discussing art that is created and performed on these lands, and that we're all very much um, supportive um, of um, including Indigenous art in our podcast um, as much as possible, and um, Indigenous perspectives. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Uh, so how has everyone's fringe been so far? So we have, we just counted, we're at like 30 reviews and counting yeah. out of 47. I'm pretty impressed. Good work, team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. 30 out of 47, more to come. For a bunch of folks who work full time, go to school, have little kids, maybe newborn babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're doing a great job. Yeah, getting out, seeing a lot of shows. And I really enjoyed reading all of your reviews. I know. I feel like they're really thoughtful. And um, yeah, it's been great. It's been nice to see other people share and, and comment as well. Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts is just reading um, my colleagues' reviews and then deciding what I'm going to see later mm-hmm. <laughs> based yeah. on your thoughts because... I trust all of your opinions. Yeah. So it's great. I definitely read a couple drafts before posting my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And thanks, Brianna, for joining us. We appreciate yeah. it. You really helped uh, contribute a lot to the team. So it's awesome. Thanks for having me. You got us well over that 30 number. For yeah, sure. no kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's been busy. Um, yeah, it's been a good mm-hmm. fringe so far. Yeah, I mean, as usual, my favorite, one of my favorite parts is the lineups. So I almost look forward to shows that are kind of selling out because then you get to stand in line with all the people who are like, oh, we're totally, you know, getting into this show and I'm so excited. <laughs> and everyone's talking about all the hot shows and what to see or what not to see. And, and then the artists kind of work the lineup. Yeah. And so it's been great. I've had some good encounters. Um, the fellow who's doing uh, Let's Prank Call Each Other has been pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> He's got that old school like slide viewfinder oh, with pictures thing. of his dog yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um the woman who's doing diagnose this has also been out talking about oh, hilarious yeah being a standardized patient like just her show sounds so interesting because she's out telling people about what she does yeah. at the fringe preview she made booping the dick a like line a, a one-liner zinger that everybody kept referring back to the it's whole funny because that was a show that based on the program i would have not gone to 
Like, honestly, mm-hmm. like, the the title of the show, the art and the write-up, I was like, eh, not interested. You mean but the, spe- the speculative? Yeah, that yeah. Wasn't, yeah. That didn't get you in, No, get that did not entice show? me. But um, after talking with her and um, learning more about her show, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it must be her, I mean, her anecdotes for sure, but her performing her performance style is yeah. absolute hilarity. It must be so that she's a great example of like I need just always look, go beyond the program. Yeah. For, mm-hmm. for and are you guys seeing some big crowds at the venues? Because I feel oh, like yeah. there's yeah. been a lot of people out this year, like a lot. Yeah, I've seen consistently pretty big lineups. Mm-hmm. But also, like I think full moon coming should be sold out every night. I really 100% yeah. do. I, I don't. I mean, you can only give it five stars in the system that we have, blah, blah, blah. And But it is five-star plus-plus show. And the house I went to was kind of half full. I mean, it's weird, for sure, and it's maybe not to everyone's taste, but it's not one of those juggernauts that's taking off. And the lineup was pretty tepid um, when I was there, and I, and I haven't seen it grow at all, despite some really good buzz. So yeah. here's hoping, because it's just Which is good brilliant. for people to know, because, you know, some people might think, oh, all the shows, all the buzz is out there, and they're going to be all full, mm-hmm. and why do, I don't even want to bother. But, you know, you never know. Mm-hmm. You might stumble across the one that isn't full, and you get a great seat and see one of the best shows in the Fringe. So Yeah, so that, Melanie, that's your pick for best show you've seen so far? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and the fringiest, for sure. Like, he's <laughs> a, a trained-in-Paris mime and clown, this performer. Oh. And he, let me just look up his name and make sure that I've got that. Yeah, I met him in the lineup, too. He's quite uh, quite interesting. And he's this little alien with a message for humankind. <laughs> and it, that is, like, and it's basically this totally zany, lucid dream sequence. that he goes into these, like, tangents that spiral. And there's this one absolutely beautiful piece. Uh, his name's Sam Kruger where there's this close spotlight on him. He gets on his knees and he plays out an entire romance with two fingers on either side of his nose that they just can't get to each other. And like the entire audience is on the edge of their seat to completely invested in a romance between two fingers. <laughs> Set to like, and David Bowie and Labyrinth was somehow involved in it. And so, I mean, oh, I know man. I'm maybe making it sound crazy and twisted. That's exactly what it is, but it's just so perfectly performed. And then the, the stage and, um, the stage is totally bare, but the lighting and sound design to um, kind of ground what is a totally wild performance. It was just, it was pitch perfect. It's really, really good. And, and I, it's uh, wonderful that we have him here. It's his first time in Victoria. So I do hope that people Full get to see him. moon coming. Full moon coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know it's not exact. It's phonetic. <laughs> it's, it's phonetic. It's yeah. a weird title. Goes with the show. What about, what's your pick for best thing you've seen so far, Sarah? Um, unsurprisingly, Girl Power was my <laughs> favorite. I am, like, the biggest sucker for that show because it's a show about 90s girl bands and feminism. And as someone who was a teenager in the 90s, um, yeah, it just hit me, hit me in the heartstrings. Is it a sing along? Oh, yeah, you could totally sing along. There's tons of music, all the best hits. You know, <laughs> Destiny's Child and TLC and Spice Girls. So, yeah, it was it was like seeing my, like, 14-year-old fantasy of me being an amazing dancer and singer <laughs> with my friends Aww. on stage. But, yeah, it was, it was great. It was very satisfying. And I really liked... Um, the narrative of the story sort of takes so almost like a lecture in feminism tying feminism to um, to girl groups and um, and sort of sort of a brief history but it's it's a little bit critical too so some 
might be some old school feminists there who get, get a little uh, offended, <laughs> but uh, but that's okay because you know sometimes I think in feminist movements people take themselves a little bit too seriously, and it's kind of nice to poke fun and to just be a little cheeky. The show's very cheeky, but what's really great is uh, the performers, like five of the most amazing. I call them triple threat actors in town Mm -hmm. um excellent dancers singers choreographers actors um all coming together to put together like a real great show so yeah i definitely recommend that one people were like cheering and it just had a great a great vibe to it there's a really fun social media giveaway they're doing i don't know if you guys have seen that on your instagram where the, if you do the stop dance for Spice Girls, you're entered to win something. So my Instagram <laughs> feed is in all these people. Like, oh, really? it's bringing me back. I remember all the choreography to stop right now. Myself, yeah. I haven't myself entered, but mm. oh, it's really funny. sweet just to see it have more legs like that. Yeah, and I think the show is, I think it will be appealing to people of all ages, men and women as well, um, whether you're in that generation or not. Like, I, you know, Spice mm. Girls, I, I'm a little older for the Spice Girls, and I thought they were, mm. like, for little kids, mm. but... You're a couple of years younger than me. They were not for little kids. <laughs> no. yeah. They were for fully formed 11-year-olds. Totally, totally. But I still loved it. And, like, honestly, I actually, like, teared up in some parts. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was so good. So that's a local show. Do you think it'll show up again? or? I asked, and they're not sure. But, I, you know, it would be... There's a great opportunity there. There's great audience. It's... It's a show that I think with maybe a little bit, um, I don't know what you call it, workshopping, dramaturging, um, to bring out uh, some of the more personal elements of the characters. Right now, you don't really meet them mm-hmm. as much. They're, mm-hmm. There's sort of five fun, you know, awesome, smart ladies, uh, talented ladies, but, you know, I think that could really be drawn out, and um, it has all the makings of a great show, and... And it's just really well rehearsed and put together, mm-hmm. so. Cool. Yeah. Hopefully. We'll see. Yeah. Be a great night out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go this weekend. Cool. Based on your uh, your rave review. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, I'm checking it out. Brianna, what's been your favorite so far? Oh, geez. Um, well, in terms of what blew me away, like, that would definitely be Into the Tango for me. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just. Well, I spoke to the, the male dancer. I forget his name. Can I borrow yeah. your... Alex Richardson. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. No, and he was just saying, like, they've practiced, like, this choreography for three years. Wow. And it absolutely shows. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... It's just such good dancing. And, like, uh, what blows me away is just, like, you have to be so precise with everything that you're doing. And there's that, you have to be strong enough to lift your partner up, both, like, for the male dancer and the female dancer. She lifts him uh, at one point. And that's just, like, and the trust that has to be involved Mm -hmm. and just, like, you know, making good use of the stage and on top of, like, all that physical stuff. You have to, like, be acting to the audience. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if I could, like, like, keep smiling. Let's just be like, okay, what comes after step four? (laughs) (laughs) No, and what's crazy, it's just, like, it's also, like, uh, ballet dancing too, like mm-hmm. she, she puts on like some point. Uh, are they called point shoes or point point, yeah. point yeah. to something? Mm-hmm. And it's just but, and actually to like dances tango in those shoes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's incredible. Yeah, and then like for her first dance, she comes out with one point shoe, and then she puts on a tango heel, mm-hmm. and then does a dance 
like that. <laughs> just that. It's just like, and there's one moment where she's like spinning on the on the ballet shoe, and then I missed it, but somehow she switches, so she's standing on the tango shoe. <laughs> I'm just like, what happened? <laughs> I need to rewatch it to see like how she like did that so seamlessly. Wow. Like, and everything is perfectly timed to like the, the music. So like it really shows and they do like a contemporary piece uh, near the beginning. And um, it's just so good. <laughs> yeah. And so Argentine tango is kind of like sexy, mm-hmm. but ballet is not that sexy. Is it? How do they work that out? They make it sexy. Right? They make yeah. it all sexy, I bet. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, it's their second. They came here last year for the first time and blew the lid off of fringe um, because Dance is not, well, I shouldn't say that. Dance comes and goes in the French program. It was big in the French program last year. They're the only ones this year. Mm-hmm. But they, like, came out of nowhere, and Victoria came out to support them, and they, like, yeah, they're a massive sellout again this year, and just wowing people with totally new choreography is my understanding. Like, yeah. worked on them for three years, but a totally new show. And um, I haven't seen their old show, but I believe yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, was it a mix of um, solo work and paired work again this year, or was there more of one? Um, there was definitely more solo work this year. Nice. No, duh, paired. More paired. Um, there were a couple solos, mm-hmm. but they weren't very long solos. It'd just be like, you'd introduce someone with a solo, and then the other person would come in and sweep them off their feet. <laughs> For ultimate sex appeal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. That's what awesome. about you, Amanda? I'm going to be honest, I haven't seen anything that's, like, blown my mind yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I've had two four-star shows. They were good. Yeah. They were both good. Um, I really enjoyed Love Dub last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of those shows that, uh, I don't know, some people won't like it, but I feel like it's an important show that people should go see and not be intimidated by the description in the program because mm-hmm. it's described as a social justice cabaret that's centering the experiences of queer, indigenous, people of color, black folks, Filipino folks, disabled folks, other marginalized populations. And there, there is, um, you know, there's some like rage and frustration that's expressed by the performers, but there's also a lot of joy and silliness mm-hmm. and fun in there and some great audience participation. And it's just, a, it's a neat show. It's really mm-hmm. cool. And, um, I loved how the audience got involved in really unexpected ways, and I just really enjoyed it. I left that show feeling like, yeah, I just I just really thought it was great. Um, you, you describe the audience participation as gentle. What is that? Yeah, I mean, mean there was nobody of... was like put on the spot mm-hmm. about anything, and it was you know, yeah, nobody was singled out. There was one. Um, one part where you're just encouraged to speak with someone who you, you're sitting next to and then there's you're invited to participate and interact with the performers and some stuff on stage but you don't have to and yeah it's just it was really great awesome. yeah i i really enjoyed it and it left me with a lot to think about and i highly encourage folks to to go it was a very young crowd there um which i guess isn't very surprising especially like compared to other shows that I've been to that's mm-hmm. much older. And I do feel like an older crowd would benefit from going to this show. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like a lot of the folks who are at that show, like, you know, they're they're already, like, starting to do this kind of thinking and this kind of work or are heavily involved in it. And mm-hmm. um, it would be nice to see some of the Fringe's more traditional audience check out a show like this. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I, I enjoyed it, but I haven't had, like, the mind-blowing fringe experience that other folks have had yet. I don't know. 
Is it coming around the corner? Is there something you I hope so? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go see John Bennett on Friday, so I have high hopes for that mm-hmm. and girl power and hopefully um, uh, trophy hunt too. And okay. yeah, I've got some. I've got some plans for yeah for the weekend. So yeah, trophy hunt was interesting um, as one of the site specific shows. In Fantan Did we know Alley. they had such a beautiful courtyard? I've yeah, never been. Yeah, so, yeah, when they said a secret location in Fantan Alley, I was thinking, You've like, never been in there? No. I was thinking, like, theater secret location. Yeah. Like It's it'll... pretty cool, hey? Yeah. So I've been to a couple parties in there over oh, okay. the years, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even notice there's an alley that goes yeah. off the alley. So <laughs> Secret alley. Secret alley, yeah. So that was really cool. I thought it was an interesting show. I, you know, the script didn't get me that much as mm-hmm. much as the actual setting did and, mm-hmm. and some really good performances by local local actors um christina patterson was just really good so good mm-hmm. um i've seen her in a few things but in this one she really shone so mm-hmm. and david radford as well david radford yeah did you see it at night no i saw it in the well i saw it at like five six p.m or something mm-hmm. so it wasn't like spooky or anything. Mm. Did you see it at night? I saw it after okay. dark. Yeah, and mm. it was. I think it probably added to the, kind of the ambiance of the show. And Interesting. The, yeah, yeah, like the animal, some totally. of the animal dynamics for sure. Mm. Although there was a baby screaming in the alley. That part added like took away from the uh, ex- you know you're in the jungle in Africa and then all of a sudden there's a newborn wailing. Somewhere. I don't miss that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And John, who can't be here, did share some thoughts about his... Oh, yeah. He saw quite a few things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. John's been busy. Hey, everybody. Sorry I couldn't be there. But if I had to pick one friend show to recommend to people, I'd say go see Let's Prank Call Each Other. It's definitely one of the fringiest shows that I've seen. It's a really fascinating blend of uh, narration with all sorts of different kinds of projection and puppetry. Shadow puppetry, um, overhead projectors, digital projectors, live video streaming, uh, three-dimensional dioramas. Uh, It's just hard to explain. And uh, I would really encourage people to arrive a couple minutes early because it's one of those shows that you're never really sure when the show is starting or indeed if it ever really ends you'll know what i mean if you see it Ooh, i'm intrigued yeah um you can tell just by the the as we were talking about earlier by the guy's lineup work that uh he's an interesting character yeah yeah um so what about some disappointments at the so far at the fringe have you anything that has underwhelmed uh, one for me did, uh, it was, uh, the Ballad of Frank Allen and it's a great, like, it's a four star show. It's absolutely solid and well produced for what it is. I just felt the humor was like, it was very, um, fitting for like Seth Rogen's whole oeuvre in the mid 2000s, super bad style humor. And, you know, there was a little, um, bit of slut shaming in the middle. One of the, the, um, it's a sing-along musical uh, where two guys, uh, it's a two-hander, and one guy, because of a lab accident, ends up shrunken and living in the guy's beard for the better part of 18 months. And so they go through, so one guy is physically little, and the other guy is has Peter Pan syndrome, so mm. they both need to grow up. And the show kind of does, too, <laughs> in, in the sense of what I said about the humor. And I re- recognize that's a humor preference, but it yeah. just sitting there in the audience and and it's a musical so there's maybe five and quite catchy songs but this jig in the middle about this woman heather was kind of like a bit of a you know the some of the crowd around me singing along about what a slut she was felt like 
just a weird vibe in the middle yeah. of the fringe show. And, and, you know, the guys can only communicate with each other when they're blind drunk. So it was totally like that dude buddy comedy humor that was very, very popular of a time. Um, still is. I mean, the, the audience reacted really enthusiastically to it. But it was a bit, bro- like a little bit basic for um, what I was expecting of such a like kind of high buzzed show. It's won a lot of pick of the fringes everywhere. Yeah. It obviously has an appeal. It just, my humor preference it was a little sideways from. Yeah, it's funny because I've kind of felt the same way about the Dirk Darrow show that I uh, went and saw. Crazy for Dick Tricks, a Dirk Darrow investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Motley's latest uh, show. And uh, so he's like this film noir detective who, uh, and he does like magic tricks. Like, yeah, and I just didn't, and he sell, his show was sold out. It was his first show. He, he came from Edmonton. Um, he's been here several times before. Huge buzz. Does really well. And I went to the show with really high expectations. And I couldn't tell. It's a new show. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell if he was having a bad night. Because some of the tricks didn't seem to go super well. There was one in particular where I was like, okay, is this supposed to be this bad? <laughs> like, Because some of them are like intentionally bad. Like that's kind of a joke. But one of them I was like uncomfortable mm-hmm. with how poorly it was going. Yeah. And then, um, and then like the whole concept where he like plays these different characters and it's set in the 1930s, but none of the characters were like actually in the 1930s. Like they're in this, um, insane asylum, but like one of them, they have these delusions where they're not really like grounded in the 1930s. And I'm Mm. like, what's the point of this concept? Like you're talking about social media and like... (laughs) comic book movies anyway and Mm -hmm. there was and there was like very little plot and um it was just kind of a vehicle for the tricks which were some of them were good but Mm -hmm. some of them really weren't and the jokes that he told I didn't think were they were kind of juvenile a little bit you know Mm -hmm. like so but I mean it was packed and he has you know he's very popular so I don't know if I just don't get it or if he had a bad night or if he's like just kind of milked that concept for Mm. all like he's just the well has run dry on it I'm not Mm. sure so I was disappointed by that show I went in with kind of with higher expectations and uh yeah I mean I gave it you know I gave it an okay review but Mm. it just wasn't nearly as good as I was expecting right what about you guys Brianna Sarah um I wouldn't say that um I actually say Nevermore uh kind of underwhelmed me a bit it just, um, the actual plot of it was actually really interesting. It's sort of like a very critical look at Edgar Allan Poe's like whole persona. Like, and it presents him in a very like sort of down to earth way and really analyzes like, um, he's a very self-destructive person who thinks that his art has to take priority over everyone else in his life and that it has to be dark or it's, it's not him. I can't live without this. Even as, like, all the women in his life are like, bro, just chill. <laughs> just chill. You can have a normal relationship with someone and not spiral. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know. Well, I mean, well, the, the, the blurb said, like, he's, like, he's drunk in an alley. And he's sort of, like, sort of flashing back over his life. But it opens with him sitting at a desk, just sort of scribbling while, like, uh, all the women in his life kind of wander in and out of, out of frame. Yeah. I'm just like, I wish they could have started, like, with something to indicate he's in an alleyway mm-hmm. out of his mind. I think they gave it like a line in a song and, and that was it. Uh, costumes weren't anything spectacular. 
Like, well, I do appreciate that Edgar Allan Poe was actually shows up in, like, a shirt and jeans. <laughs> so it sort of really de- demystifies who we see him as. It's like, there wasn't a lot going on. Again, there wasn't a lot of set. The choreography was kind of boring, I'll be honest. Mm. But the acting was solid. The singing was solid for the most part. I mean, it w- and it was interesting to see, like, uh, Nevermore turned into a song. Mm. Yeah. And, um... And I, I really do appreciate the sort of critical look at this guy. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, because I did some reading on Wikipedia, and it turns out that when he died, people found him in an alleyway, uh, passed out in a puddle of his own vomit. So just like, <laughs> oh, I wish they could have indicated that a little Yeah, bit. like mm-hmm. tied it into like the, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And I do appreciate that they really look, like went into a criti- hard critical look at his romantic relationship with his 13-year-old cousin. Yeah. Yeah, because even Damn. on the Wikipedia page, it was just like, oh, well, some people say they had, like, a brother-sister relationship, so it wasn't like, it didn't go places, mm-hmm. but in the play, it's just sort of like, she thinks a wedding night is where people just share a bed and just share dreams together. Mm. And her mother's kind of off off, uh, off in the distance going, mm, should I say something? <laughs> should I not say something? And, you know, it was, I think it was good to call that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was a good... It was a good look at his character. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else was solid. I just think the presentation could have used a bit more. Mm-hmm. Taking advantage of just, like, theater. Mm-hmm. Other than just kind of, like, walking around a table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Sarah? Um, yeah. I saw, I saw a show um, at Langham called Man Cave. A one-man sci-fi climate change tragic comedy. And, um, it's a title. It's kind of title. And it's kind of my greatest fear at Fringe, which is like somebody who, you know, maybe it has is a skilled actor, like this uh, the fellow who, who's on the show, Timothy Mooney, um, but really want ha- is passionate about something like climate change mm-hmm. and is like, I'll do a Fringe show about it and tell everybody and change the world's mind about climate change. Which is great, but it kind of felt like a bit of a diatribe. Mm-hmm. And um, he's very talented. He's sort of this interesting fellow. He kind of like, he's like a cross between like George Jetson and Seth Rogen. <laughs> More <laughs> Seth Rogen. I know. He's anyway. coming up lots today. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. He's, uh, he's got a great radio voice. And the premise is that he is sort of this average American guy who sees the effects of climate change are destroying the world. So he goes north and he builds himself a bunker, a man cave, and um, and has all his own supplies and, and is sort of watching on the internet the world fall apart. And he's not, you know, helping out. He's just got his radio show, podcast, whatever, commentary out to mm-hmm. whomever and is um, going on, you know, kind of going on about the effects of climate change and what will happen and what's going to happen to the world by 20, it's 2029 is, is when the show is set. And it's sort of this very rapid fire, kind of like a long internet rant, like a comment <laughs> on a Thai <laughs> article or something. <laughs> it's kind of like kind of If it was a YouTube, would he have a rant avatar? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh, maybe. No. And he's, he even has these Ten Commandments, and they're kind of like, existential and I totally appreciate where he's going with it he's also does a version for schools and has like a you know a nonprofit related yeah. to spreading the word and I get it but the show itself while it's got a lot of sort of this 
didactic level is kind of missing some heart mm-hmm. and um, it's missing a character mm-hmm. like a real human not just a sort of character of a character and uh, and as an aside it, that I do find it kind of terrifying to think that the last human left on earth would be like some angry mid- white man village <laughs> white guys like semi-affluent compared to, compared to everyone else just with like his oh, computer geez. the aliens come down and <laughs> that's what's left I know. I'm like, no. oh god um so the funny thing is i was sort of felt left you know after the show thinking god god what was that um, and then, you know, I could see some of the other younger people in the audience were like, what the fuck? And then, but there was, there were some people of that generation who were like, that was incredible. Like yeah. they really appreciated it. And so, yeah, it, it definitely, um, there's some talent, there's some value. Um, yeah, not my, not my cup of tea. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the thing about Fringe, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. there's, even if we don't like love a show mm-hmm. there's other people who do yeah. and so yeah. um it's interesting to see the audience like well there's one show actually that i'll just speaking thinking of audiences is dear samantha mm-hmm. which will probably i think it's sold out or whatever mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. um british performer charles adrian gillot um hopefully i pronounced that right right um, does this, um, Samantha is like a, um, agony aunt, like an mm-hmm. advice columnist, uh, former librarian and, um, sort of gives advice. And part of the show is taking questions from the audience and then Samantha answers them in sort of a Samantha way, um, which is very polite and kind of silly and, you know, um, but what the questions reveal about the audience is really interesting. Mm. Like people asking, what should I do with my retirement? Mm. And like, you know, what is true love? And you sort of, you hear the questions Mm -hmm. and then you actually look around you and you're like, oh yeah, these are the people who I'm in the room with. Mm. Like this is what they're, these are their big questions to Mm -hmm. ask anonymously. And it's really, I mean, it's really touching. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I thought that was an interesting premise to show. And and it's only the last part of the show. I kind of wish it was the whole show. Mm -hmm. Love Dub had a, like, anyone could write an anonymous question and ask it of the performers as well. So what kind of questions came up? Do you remember? Um, I think some of them were kind of silly, but a lot of them were like social justice related. You know, like how can I show up and be a good ally? What's your favorite thing about being a person of color? Things like that. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, other like, does pineapple belong on pizza? You know, like, just silly stuff like that. So it was a, it was wide range well, of stuff. Well, the pineapple one is a serious question. Yeah. No, well, I don't mean to trivialize the pineapple uh, one. Yeah. Well, actually, going back to Man Cave, maybe he wrote it for, like, uh, the older people in mind. I don't know. Or someone who hadn't, like, made up their mind about climate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, an experienced actor to go out and spread the word. And, um, and so the intention is there. For those sure. Are, those are always the hardest. Um, I yeah. kind of felt that way when I reviewed the um, Tragedy Minus Time Served show. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy is obviously so passionate about his work, and but the show was just so rough and needed a lot of help. And I, yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. And he's like, it made it very obvious that, like, this is his passion and he's going to keep doing it. And it's like, well, you know, I hope that you you know, work on your show and it gets better, but in its current form, it's like, yeah, just is really rough. So, Mm -hmm. and it's hard to review those shows, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. 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 
But I guess it shows everything's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Right? For yeah. sure. And uh, let's let's hear what John's disappointment show was. On the opposite end of the spectrum, I was really disappointed by Broadway Bash. As a musical theater fan myself, I had high hopes for the idea of a show that was taking Broadway show tunes and uh, putting new lyrics on and spoofing things, Um, but it didn't really work uh, for me anyways. Uh, The audience was enjoying it the night I saw it, but uh, it felt to me more dinner theater than it did Fringe Festival, and uh, it kind of felt like like a 1970s TV variety show that didn't have quite enough juice to carry it all the way through. Uh, there are moments in it that were really great, uh, but on the whole, it just felt like a really long hour of a show. But hey, that's what The Fringe is all about. Something different for everybody. You know, it's rough when an hour-long show feels too yeah. long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, I gave it three stars. <laughs> see, well, that's the thing. Like, I don't feel like three stars is a bad review. No. no let's no. go see it. Like, yeah, that's still like mind. that's still an endorsement to yeah. me. Yeah, like, no, um, no, I just remember scrolling through and I. I distinctly remember seeing more stars attached to it, mm. but yeah. um, so we're heading into the final big weekend of the Fringe, and the big thing about this weekend is there's so many shows. Like, yeah. like Edmonton's here. Yeah, Edmonton's here. Oh. Like the venues start opening at like noon on the mm-hmm. weekend, so mm. it gets so gets not so. Mm-hmm. Um, and shows are already starting to sell out. Like when I actually bought tickets to John Bennett like earlier this week, and Friday show was almost sold out already. Wow. So um, and sold out doesn't that's mean true sold out. Yeah, caveat: uh, they only sell fifty percent of the tickets in advance. So if you want to see something, you can always go line up before. Mm-hmm. They only they start selling tickets an hour before, but you can start lining up before that. Mm-hmm. So don't make that mistake for the really hot shows. You yeah. might have to. And the might... lineups are fun. Yeah, the lineups are fun. Yeah. yeah no. um, Melanie, because um, we sh- we should mention Melanie is on the board of Intrepid Theater mm-hmm. just uh, to get that out out there, and so she has some inside uh, info on the hot tickets for the weekend. Yeah. What do you, what do you got for us? Most of a lot of what we've talked about already into the tango. Um, it's definitely a lineup early. It's a big venue too at the Metro and mm-hmm. it keeps selling out. Um, Dear Samantha, as you talked about, he's a fan favorite. He's back for his second year, Charles is, and he really went over big last year with more of a bit of a um, like dog's breakfast of a show. So it's nice mm-hmm. to hear this year that there's a bit more of a theme around it to tie his mm-hmm. character together. John Bennett, as Amanda mentioned, um, Five Step Guide to Being German 2.0. It's another, <laughs> that's another knockout this year. What venue is he in? He's in the Victoria event, uh, the VEC, again, the event center. And that's a decent-sized venue, too. It is. Yeah. And plus, you can have beer during the show, yeah, so I'm sure that helps. That's why. I mean, you can't do a <laughs> German to be show German with beer. having beer. Yeah. A little prost or two yeah. partway through. And then Girl Power um, yeah. is just doing Game Busters as that's well. Great. And then the other one that I'm actually looking forward to seeing and reviewing uh, tomorrow night, uh, Thursday night, is Josephine. Mm. Um, that's in, actually, from Orlando. Um, starring a six-time Best of Fest uh, performer, uh, Tymesha Harris, uh, detailing it's a biopic little piece on Josephine Barker and her career. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. That's at Lanham Court, and before it even got to town, there was a that one's been working the lines uh, to um, sellouts before Great. before she even arrived from I believe Edmonton. Um, so I'm looking forward to that one. It's another big seller over mm-hmm. the weekend. What about you guys? What are you headed to? I already, I already shared my, my picks. So. I don't know. It's a wild card for me. I don't have, I'm still thinking on it. 
Brianna, you have a few more lined yeah, up. Yeah, I have, I have three for sure. I have 13 Dead Dreams of Eugene. I always like the experimental stuff, mm. so mm-hmm. I'm willing to give it a chance. Uh, the experimental one for this week was The Robber's Bridegroom, mm-hmm. which um, which overall I think liked. It had some interesting audience participation, which I won't spoil at the end. <laughs> there I've some... heard a lot of people talking about that show in the lineup. Yeah. No, it's just... um. It's one of those things where it's just like, ooh, am I supposed to? It, it's very much like a bystander sort of reaction at mm. the very end, which I think makes the play. Mm. Um, overall, the the puppets not talking was a little weird because just like you had people actually talking, mm. which is a weird choice. But I think they handled the puppetry pretty well overall. Um, I'm also, and then I'm going to see comedians. I'm going to see John Bennett and the Five Step Guide to Being German. Awesome. I did enjoy uh, both last year, so I hope they can live up to the hype. Nice. I'm thinking maybe of going to the, what's it called again? We borrowed a car from a dead guy in Ireland or something. Mm-hmm. I did the concept of it sounds interesting, so I think I'll check it out. Cool. Yeah, I'm hoping to squeeze a few more shows in there if my schedule allows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. As, as always, we'll be reviewing everything we haven't on uh, uh, p- posting reviews on Check the Program, our Facebook page, which yeah. is facebook.com slash check the program. Yep, and we're on Twitter, check the program. Um, and there's somebody, I don't remember where, but somebody on Facebook posted how you can see every single Fringe show. That was Dan Pollock. Was it Dan Pollock? Of course it was. How you can see every single Fringe show. And I'm really curious to know if anybody out there has done this. I wonder if Dan did it. I wonder if he did it. Super Fringer. Oh my god, how do you Um, have the time? Please tell me. It's all mapped out. I know people who take vacation around the Fringe Mm -hmm. and like just to go. Yeah. I want to hear, that's one thing I feel like that's missing and I'd hoped because we're posting on Facebook and social media, that people would be commenting back to the reviews a bit, mm-hmm. saying what they thought of the shows. So Yeah, I so if like you're listening and you agree or disagree, we've had a couple of people comment on our reviews, which we welcome, whether you agree or disagree. Mm-hmm. Please give us feedback on the reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'd love to chat about them. and yeah, yeah. Tell so. us what you saw, yeah. if there's something you saw that we you know, didn't or haven't reviewed. Like, share about it. Yeah. A hidden gem we might have missed. Yeah, yeah. Um, we may not be able to get to it, but share your thoughts about it, and so the audience can... Um, can check it out for themselves. Um, so until next time, I'm Amanda Farrell-Lowe. I'm Melanie Trump-Hooper. I'm Sarah Petrescu. I'm Brianna Bach. And don't forget to check, check the, the program. program. The Greatest Show. The Greatest Show you know. The Program. Check the Program. Check the Program. It's called Check the Program. Check the Program. Yeah. Check the Program. The Greatest Show that you know. The Program. Check the Program. Check the Program. Check the program, yeah.